Welcome back to Ravens Recap. We are once again joined by Coach Evans from Sip to Tally Films to talk about the offensive side of this draft. Maybe not as stacked as the defensive side, but still a lot of really interesting prospects. I think a lot of maybe later round prospects that the Ravens will be looking at in these positions to bolster the team and fill it out. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Enjoy. Always enjoy coming on, talking about the Ravens. Absolutely. The first class we're going to talk about is the tight end class. The joke is that, you know, I've been going around parading my tight end thoughts. I'm definitely uh, a little bit influenced by coach. Uh, he was actually one of the guys who put me on the map with uh, Jelani Woods, who's one of the guys I'll, I'll definitely want to talk about. Uh, I saw you did a film on him and I was like, oh, let me go look into this guy. And uh, yeah, he's a he's a real deal prospect. He's starting to creep up the board on many people's uh, radar. But I guess, yeah, just to talk about Jelani. Uh, if you haven't heard about him already, he was a... Uh, a big show at the combine. He had the second fastest tight end in the 40. He benched the most out of any tight end, which was super impressive because he's six foot seven with really long arms. So each of those reps is like more, you know, movement. If we remember our physics. <laughs> and then uh, the other thing too, is that, uh, you know, obviously at six foot seven, he has this massive frame. Uh, interesting story, converted quarterback prospect, so he kind of has a little bit of rawness to his game. You could imagine him getting more refined. His route running right now is pretty good, uh, and he catches outside his frame. I think my biggest knock on him, and it's just you know a nature of being six foot seven, is that he's not particularly sudden out of uh, his breaks on the stem, and he's a little like a long strider. So he's more uh, fast than quick. He definitely kind of is one of those guys that's kind of always open just because of his frame and his uh, ability to go after the ball. Um, and he also actually showed some pretty good uh, blocking ability. Uh, you might be worried about his leverage because of his uh, height, but he usually keeps pretty good pad level. I think the biggest thing is his hands placement could use some work to continue uh, improvement. I think about Woods in, in terms of how the Ravens could use him uh, being the third tight end. Uh, you come out in those heavy sets, um, and if you watch his film, you notice that he lines up a wide receiver zone too. So you come out in those heavy sets in the red zone or goal line, and you know the defense comes out in their heavy set, and you can kind of shift and have him as a you know a wide receiver and kind of do different things with, with the guy. So he's a definitely a, a matchup nightmare if you go with three tight ends, or even if he's the second tight end, because you can shift to different formations and get guys. Uh, we'll get defenses off balance. But I agree with you. He's more of a strider. But even when he's not open, he's open because he's 6'7". And he he does a decent job of catching the ball with his hands. Uh, I agree with you on the leverage. Uh, he does get out leverage sometimes. But being a converted quarterback, that comes with reps and, and learning more about the position. Yeah, he's certainly a super interesting prospect. Um, the tape, you watch him in college, and he's massive among, you know, really pretty big athletes and you you can't cover that size in the NFL generally corners you know you're, you're not gonna have the same height you have in basketball obviously so six seven is like you know being seven foot uh in the NBA it's gonna be hard to guard so um I will say I don't know coach or, or Alec if you guys have seen where his draft stock is currently looking at I wasn't able to find that you know that's I think the really hard part about Woods right now I don't, I'm not a big believer in mock drafts or even what people think when it comes to these. Like, once you get out of the first like round or two, I think it does get a little fuzzy. Fair. Where the, yeah. I, I would not be shocked if somebody in the third round takes a shot on him. I don't think uh, 
he should go there. Oh, well, I could see him going in the fourth round, uh, very probably, and then fifth or sixth, like, extremely probably. He will not go undrafted, for sure, right? But the question is, will someone take a, a shot day two? I think maybe, but I would be really surprised if it was the second round. The thing you'll find with this tight end class is there was no stud at all, uh, even at the top, and it's relatively flat, and, like, mattering on what you're looking for, you can probably find it later so it kind of almost devalues the whole position in a way where people might be playing uh you know chicken selecting a a tight end because i think there's about four or five prospects that are not like the first two guys that all offer nice traits you can build upon so yeah i could just see it getting kind of pushed back i think trey mcbride and and great uh chichi those are the guys i i foresee going earlier maybe like for sure day two but after that it gets a little muddy in my opinion and also like in the ranks if you like look up other scouts rankings of these tight ends they're kind of all over the place uh after those first two guys yeah i only really have three guys that i like for the ravens and that's um i I don't want to destroy his name uh okonwu from Uh jelani woods and um windermere them the only three guys I like for the Ravens because they're, I don't think they're the top two guys, but I think they will fit what we do in, in different ways because they're definitely different um, prospects. But I just, just trying to think back to when we had um, Hearst on the roster, how they would use these guys. And I think they would fit that role. That's interesting that you uh, include uh Weidemeyer and I knew that you liked uh Aquanko, uh, but I didn't know that you liked uh, Weidemeyer. I, I, I have some concerns about him with the concentration drops and uh, and kind of his slower 40 time. Yeah, I'm not I'm not looking at him as a as a wide receiver one. I'm looking at him oh, from the sure. Ravens. I mean, not wide receiver, I'm sorry. Tight end one as the third guy. So it, it was, we get no sets. So, you know, he won't be like a – he won't get the targets to – for his drops to be an issue. You know, drops can always be an issue with any receiver, but – I think he has the body and the frame to to get in there and do some of the blocking stuff, to do some of the pulling stuff. We run a power read and stuff like that. And um, you know, his hands are some timing, but I think he has the skill set to fit what we do. I'm going to ask this question to uh, Chris and Peter because I know this is something that me and uh, Jason talked about when talking about tight ends. What are you looking for more out of this tight end? Are you looking for a guy who has the blocking traits? and then hoping to mold more receiving out of him or more receiving traits and hoping to mold more blocking. I would like the Ravens to draft in either the mid rounds or the late rounds, a receiving threat at tight end, because we all know it's been talked about quite a bit. Uh, Coach just alluded to it. How much the dimension of having two receiving threats at tight end helped the Ravens offense in 2019 with both Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst. And like we pointed out, there's some guys who have those skills who could be uh, great for this organization and, and slide right into what the Ravens want to do on offense. If Boyle were healthy, then I would say blocking tight end isn't a concern right now. But, you know, Boyle was not 100% last year. He looked like a shell of himself with the occasion of a couple splash plays last year when he was on the field. So I think the Ravens do need to find someone uh, who is a solid, you know, has the potential to be a solid blocking tight end in this rookie class. Now, it's more than likely they'll be able to find that guy late um, or as an undrafted free agent. I mean, Nick Boyle himself was a fifth round pick 
So, yeah, I mean, I guess to answer your original question, for what I want them to do with these picks that they have currently, as far as uh, it relates to tight end, I, I think taking a flyer in the mid to late rounds on a guy who has good receiving upside would be what I would hope the Ravens would do. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement. I mean, I, I think, you know, kind of going back to what Coach alluded to, right, I, Hayden Hurst definitely was that nice kind of combo of good in a blocking assignments, but also had the receiving threat. I mean, he wasn't going to take over games. He wasn't going to be a guy who would, you know, have a thousand yards. You don't need him to be. Um, you need him to get a couple of big catches, uh, the ability to create a big play. Um, if I recall, that it was that game against Buffalo in 2019. I Buffalo, think he had yep. a really, yeah, he had a really great um, catch over the middle and was able to convert that and outrun everybody for a touchdown. Like that's exactly what you want, in my opinion, for a third tight end. Um, is to have that threat because they're going to be on those downs where it's going to look like a run play, and those that's like that's exactly where you want to have those play action shots, those fakes to be able to have the versatility of a guy to who's ordinarily blocking but can go out and, and make a big play when the defense isn't expecting it, and also too like I mean, you know if we could find somebody as well who could spell Andrews for a few plays like. I think that's, I mean, I, that's a great option, right? Uh, preserve him a little bit more. I mean, I know he can do his thing. He's proven he's one of the top two. I mean, last year he's the top tight end in football. He could still be that guy, but, you know, you can give him a break. You know, have a, you know, take him off the field for a couple plays. I think that would be fine. But um, especially, too, I, I think back to last year with uh, Josh Oliver and I mean, he really just did not, was not a receiving threat whatsoever. Decent blocker, I guess, but um, really just didn't add that dimension that the Ravens are looking for, and they've got to add that back. So yeah, receiving receiving tight end who can develop into a blocker, I think would be ideal. I'm on this this train to keep 42 off the field as much as possible. And the only, the only person, the only uh, tight end that can kind of do what 42 does, and, and it, but make us better, is Okonku, however you say it, because cause his little squatty body, he can do the, he can do the outside zone blocking stuff. He can do the when we you know always bring forty two in motion. He can do that type of stuff. He can inline block, and when he does have him to go into the flats or is the check down guy, you get a better receiver, you get a faster guy, you get a more agile guy, you know. And Ricard did what he you know what he did when um. When he could, after the one drive we started on, I don't remember what team it was or what game it was, but we started on like the, the minus one. And he had three catches that drive, and I think he ended up scoring a touchdown. But he's not going to do that on a regular. But you put, you know, that guy in there, and he possibly could do that. He could take a flat route, maybe 30, 40 yards to a good block because he ran a four or five, I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. yeah, He was, he was the fastest mm-hmm. um, in, the, in the combine. I think he's the only one that can do that. That H back, he's he's more of an H back than tight end to me. And yeah. I think that would fit what we do with all the motioning and the the power read and the counters and all that stuff. He's absolutely an H back. He and at, at first that's kind of what I was saying. The guys can recall in the chat. I kind of said I watched him and I was like, I don't know if I like him that much for the Ravens. And then I thought about it a little bit more and I actually kind of watched your video too and saw the game that he had against Ojabo and Hutchinson. Um, and I was like, all right maybe maybe he could work like as an H back but like I don't know if I would have him as a tight end so he almost is like a little bit of a tweener the Mm -hmm. other guy I'll mention that is similar to him is Isaiah likely out of Coastal Carolina um he was a John Mackey semifinalist H back potential for sure um he definitely is a pass catching option and he had a lot of these runaway touchdowns where he hit his next gear and kind of pulled away from the the pack 
I really like him. He might be my tight end, like not one, but like my favorite, one of my favorite prospects to mock to the Ravens. I really like what he brings. And it's kind of similar to what you're mentioning with uh, Okonko in that he's, uh, you know, really just uh, a versatile player and, and kind of has that H back role. I'm not sure if I'm fully on board with the, the less Ricard, but I do get what you're saying. I think, I think they used him a lot last year because they didn't have this option that we're trying to draft now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That makes so, sense. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I like what he brings to the field, but I'd also completely understand that at the end of the day, he, despite making a couple cool catches, that was always like really fun as a fan <laughs> to root for. Like he's not like no defense is, is game planning Ricard in the past game. Uh, I guess I also rounded out another really interesting full prospect, in my opinion. I'm curious if you have, have watched him, Coach, is uh, Kate Auden out of Washington. I have not. He has enough speed, uh, I think, to be relevant in the passing game as well. Um, but he's a really strong run blocker. Uh, and he has really good football IQ. He's like able to find that soft spot in zones. And he actually could be maybe even more of my favorite. Uh, but I... I when I look at draft capital, it's like kind of the thing that was the tipping scale. I could see on going a little bit higher than likely. So for just maybe one of them will fall kind of thing. But I, I there's a lot of really interesting tight ends that they can get day three. Uh, I don't think they need to go much sooner than that. I think there'll be enough of them on the board. And they can, like I think, get an impact player for year one. And some of that can develop into even a bigger uh, asset. Because I'll agree with what Chris said. What I was looking for is I wanted to find another Mark Andrews, which I know is not like <laughs> realistic, but I wanted to find a guy that could maybe be Mark Andrews because uh, at this point, I don't want to talk about what happens to the offense if he's not in it, but it's dramatically different, mm-hmm. right? They have no tight ends at that point that right. are of receiving threat. So that's what I was looking for. I think you can teach the blocking. I think that's more of a coaching thing than a, and, and it's also desire, right? You have to be mm-hmm. nasty. You have, we want to like get action and like get physical like that. But um, I think that's more easily coached than, you know, traits that are more useful in the receiving game. All right. I agree with the getting two guys, one via UDFA and one in drafting one. I definitely agree with that. Cause you don't know what, boy, you don't know what don't forget about is. Tony Poljan. You know, I, I kind of like him a little bit. No, I know. So he's six foot seven, also from Virginia. He was basically <laughs> Jelani Woods before it was cool. <laughs> but but Jelani's, I think he's more talented than uh, Tony for what it's worth. It just, like, I thought it was kind of funny to see that they're both from Virginia, right. both monstrous. Bit of a coaching philosophy there, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> get the tallest tight ends you can. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was uh, Logan? Am I crazy? Was Logan Thomas from Virginia too? Yep. Or or hold on, or was he Virginia Tech? Might have been Virginia Tech. He was from Virginia. I don't know okay. if he was Wahoos or Hokies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Virginia Virginia Tech. All right, I was gonna say he's he's actually around the same side. I know he's a quarterback coming in the league, but the, the um, thing I like about uh, Woods is that intrigued me because Virginia runs this, and 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 as you saw, because you watched the video, they run this crazy offense with three tight ends. They have uh, yeah. Jelani Woods. Uh, I can't think of the – I think they have number 85, and then they have number 99. And number 99, I don't know if you know it or not, used to be the quarterback at Mississippi State. But he And then he went to Virginia and became a, a, a multi-purpose guy. He played running back, played tight end, played, played a little um, quarterback form too. So he used to be the quarterback at, at, at Mississippi State. Hmm. Interesting. 
I've heard all this time, you know, about basketball players getting turned into tight ends, but now we're having quarterbacks getting turned into tight ends. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've talked enough about tight ends. Let's move on to offensive line first. Um, so I, I think the the first thing to kind of get out here right away is that um, I'm sure a lot of Ravens fans know the top three tackles on the board, Neil Cross, Sikwanu, all of those guys are potential, you know, top 10 picks. I think if one of them were to fall to 14, I think that would be, you know, a uh, a pick that would be worthy taking uh, for the Ravens um, if he, one of them were to available. Definitely within consideration, depending on who else is on the board, I, I think it would be a strong case for one of those guys. However, um, you know, I, I think you guys would probably agree it, it's probably unlikely. Um, so I, I did want to focus on some of the guys after there and, and talk about them in particular. So Trevor Penning, uh, I think, is probably the guy that a lot of fans have probably heard of most in terms of mock drafts. Um, He's out of uh, was in northern northern Iowa, I believe. Yeah, so six seven three twenty five. Um, I mean, you look at the tape. There's a lot of good things I think you want from this guy. I think he can blow up guys off the ball. Um, he has a little bit of good uh, quickness and space. He can move out and, and kick guys out. Um, you know, really interesting. And I got like I do like his tape. My my biggest question mark, and I'm sure a lot of people have kind of talked about this as well, is just the level of competition uh, in that program. To me, it looked like he was just like so much better than the guys lined up across from him. Um, it just it kind of even didn't look fair. Um, you know, I, I think that is somewhat of a question mark. But coach, I, I'd be kind of curious if you had any on the other uh, uh, pros or cons on on his game because he, he could be a guy I, I could see the Ravens picking, but uh, would certainly. Uh, you know, I, I think wouldn't be without question marks for sure. Uh, as far as pinning, I think he's, I don't, I, I wouldn't pick him at 14. I think those top three guys are, you know, the, 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 the cream of the class. And if one of them falls to 14, no matter what one of those three it is, I think we should pick them. But pinning to me is when he played against his, his, um, um, classification, I guess his his conference. He dominated those guys, but when he played versus the one um, FBS school, I saw he was average. Now, what I saw from looking at it to me was a guy with a tackles body, but it's really a guard because he really can't give you anything out in space as far as if you run the outside zone or if you you know you running sweeps or screens or anything like that. And then speed rushers gave him problems. Now, if he put his hands on you, that's a totally different story. Uh, Bull rushers really don't stand a chance versus him because with his frame and his strength, he can just take them and kind of torque like he wants to. I really see a guy that could probably be a backup tackle, but probably an all-pro guard. But the only thing that will probably hinder him from being an all-pro guard is his his height. He has has guard traits, but at 6'7". Oh, it's, I think it's six, seven, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, a couple other guys I think I was interested in um, could maybe be day two picks, arguably maybe even day three picks, depending on how these guys fall. But uh, Darian Kennard um, out of Kentucky was a guy I actually I really liked his tape. Um, run blocking I thought was superb. Was really good. Uh, plays with power. Can really move guys out of the way. I uh, really liked his tape. Um, I'm not sure where he projects as sort of a pass blocker. I, I know that would be something that, you know, obviously we want to see growth from him in. But he's a guy I kind of liked. You know, Daniel uh, Falele is also just 
another uh, another guy I think a lot of people have mocked the Ravens maybe around like the second round or something. If you want a guy who's basically an Orlando Brown replacement, I, I think he's he's a carbon copy to me. <laughs> I mean, he's just a big dude. He will throw guys around and makes it look like it's nothing. Um, you know, he, he's very intriguing. I think if the Ravens wanted to go in that direction for sure. What do you think about those guys? Another guy, um, I like Jamari Sawyer, Sawyer from Georgia. Okay, he was there. He was there left tackle, but he projects as a, as a guard. But I really like him, and I like Kanoa. Both of those guys um, are nasty. They 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 do a they did a lot. I think Sawyer Sawyer, however you say his name, played every position for Georgia but center. So he played left tackle, right tackle, and then both guard positions. So he could probably come in and. He's listed as a guard in most experts, you know, draft stuff, but he played tackle, left tackle for them. And his game against uh, Hutchinson really sold me on, on him. Even though Hutchinson still had a decent game versus Georgia, his his work versus Hutchinson really sold me at, on him being one of the top guys, if not probably the best guard in the draft, but definitely he can be in the mix with, um, with Penning and, and Falele and – and those other guys, I, I really liked his tape. He was probably the best non-tackle I saw in the guys that I've done so far. Interesting. I think that also makes him um, an interesting guy for the Ravens to take a look at. Again, if you know we're talking about we don't know what the status of Ronnie Stanley is going to be. Are you drafting a tackle to be the next cornerstone at left tackle? Are you drafting a guy to go to the right when Stanley comes back? You know, If you draft a guy who can play multiple positions – you know, that gives you a higher probability that you're in the best case scenario, that Stanley's back, he's playing the football that, you know, he was playing before the injury, and this high draft pick you got can still give you what you need just somewhere else on the line. So that's an, an interesting angle for the Ravens if if that's the route they go. I think it's safe to say Ryan and Stanley holds the key to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. His health. Because I think if he was healthy with signing uh, Moses, you could look at other positions of, of need and maybe come back to tackle like a legit swing guy or backup guy later on. But not knowing his status kind of makes you 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 want to go all in on a guy. But then if you go in all in the guy, you, you put money into Moses, you put money into Stanley, and then now you're going to take one of your first picks and draft a tackle too. But you got to protect eight, so. Yeah, to me, it's like if one of those top three guys falls to 14, which seems unlikely, maybe you do it, mm-hmm. uh, mattering on who else is on the board. Otherwise, though, I feel decent about a lot of these more developmental prospects that could actually s- still contribute day one, but you know they're going to grow. and They're not going to come in day one and be their best selves. Uh, not a- any rookie is, but I think they wouldn't be a liability. Mm-hmm. So you know, guys like Rasheed Walker, Flele to a lesser extent, um, would be guys that I'm pretty comfortable having playing if push came to shove i'm curious to see what the line would look like part of me thinks moses would be the left tackle and then you move uh you know either juan james makari uh some rookie to the right tackle position um because we know that moses has played left i feel like in a way that's the insurance policy um but yeah i I actually really don't like trevor penning he's kind of off my board I, i i didn't like him either so I really didn't. Yeah, that's that's just me though. Well, like you mentioned his name, so I, I want to get Coach's opinion on this. But Rashid Walker um, out of Penn State, I got to be honest, man. I, I, 
I he is the ultimate boomer bus candidate in my opinion, but I kind of really like him <laughs> to be yeah, honest. I do. I um, do too. Yeah, I was gonna say you were mentioning um, some of the guys' tape against Hutchinson, and I, I think the the tape from Walker against Michigan, I think is it's got his highs, it's got his lows, it's got everything in between. Yeah, everything. But yeah. but um, I gotta say, like if if you can tap into that uh, his potential and coach him up and make him more consistent to to hit where his ceiling is. I have to like you'd have to love that potential, man. I think he could really be a good player. To sum up the video I did on, I think it was last week, so it's kind of fresh. Against Hutchinson, he was Hutchinson, you know, did his thing versus him. Against Sajabu, he held his own. Mm-hmm. And when those backups came in, he destroyed them. Yeah. So, you know, Hutchinson, he went back and forth. Hutchinson probably got the better of him a couple of times. Uh Jabu, they went back and forth and he held his own versus Jabu. But when the other guys came in, he 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 handled his business versus them. He kind of, you know, went to work on those backup guys. And those back their backup guys are not screw-ups, so to speak. But I think Walker has a – if he locks in, because there were a couple of times in that game he just had blown assignments and they yeah. had free shots at the QB. Yeah. But if he just locks in and hones in on his crap, I think he could be a sleeper, you know, in this in this uh, draft. Not saying he may eventually be the the best tackle, you know, when this is all said and done. But he could be one of those ones to get a, a nice second contract. For sure. I think my like ideal scenario at this point is get top edge, top corner, probably first round, second round, maybe you double dip or something in one of the position groups or, you know, another kind of coveted um, you know, position group. Uh, whatever you know, whoever the best player available is at that point. But if Rasheed Walker fell to like the third or the fourth, if I were the Ravens, I'd pounce on that all day. I agree. Do we want to move over to centers or keep talking about uh, tackle prospects? Let's move to center. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll start out. So, I mean, the, the, the first guy is going to be on top of everybody's board. Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa. Definitely an intriguing prospect. I, I think, you know, for Ravens fans, I, I think there's a lot of people are like, you know, we have to take him. You know, we need a center. We haven't had a top center. Other people are like, stay away from him. He's not a good scheme fit. You know, I, he's undersized for sure. He's not really what the Ravens would look for. But then again, people have been saying he's been working out with Marshall Yonda. And so, like, some Ravens fans are like, "Hell yeah, let's you know, let's get him." <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm definitely not sold taking the center at 14 for sure. Um, that's just kind of my opinion on it. But what do you guys think? I, I think he's probably one of the best center prospects I've seen in a while. But I also think he he doesn't fit what we do. I think if you're a team that runs a lot of outside and inside zone, he is perfect for you. But we are a power uh, counter team, and I don't think he fits that um that scheme and especially not at 14 because if we pick him at 14 he he's gonna start and i don't think he would fit what we do now eventually he may be good at that with whatever team he goes to but from just from my point of view he's a zone center he's a great job of getting the second level a great job of uh walling guys off but our center has to move one techniques for what we do and i don't know if he can move the Michael Pierce is the Aaron, Dun- you know, and I'm naming the all pro guys, but there's a bunch of studs in there. Like the, the kid, uh, the guy from Green Bay Clark, you got to move those guys or at least get stalemates. Yeah. And I, don't I mean, think DJ, he, DJ he reader, DJ reader, right? guys yeah. like that. You got to, And even a lot of the centers are going to get a help a lot, but still he got to be able to hold his own for the run game to be uh, effective. And I don't know if he can do that with the, the gap, the gap stuff we do. 
Yeah, I'm I'm really cold on Linderbaum. I'm sure somebody's going to love him and take him and do great, but uh, not even just the scheme fit part. I just feel like even if he's as good as advertised for the proper scheme, uh, I think he's not good enough for 14. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. I think there's going to yeah. be p- players that are way better. And, you know, you could trade back into the first, sure. But I I like some of these later round guys, and they better fit what the Ravens have tried to do in the past at the center position, which I think candidly gets a very bad rep. I think a lot of people remember the bad snaps, and that's all they remember when it comes to center play. But I think the Ravens have had pretty decent center play for years, uh, certainly for what they've put into it. Um, and yes, you can get better play if you put more into that resource, but then you're talking about the value of those dollars, so to speak. So I think you want to hit in the draft. You want to develop the prospect. And uh, I feel really comfortable with some of these guys and start a new thread. So uh, some of the players I had listed, uh, Cole Strange out of uh, UT Chattanooga, he's uh, one of those bigger prospects that you know the Ravens tend to like six foot five um 307 is a little lighter on the weight and apparently he even had trouble getting up to that weight but he's strong and he moves people and he has solid length with the six foot five to um be able to get the leverage that he needs so um i liked him a lot uh cameron jurgens out in nebraska he played in his own blocking scheme in college and a lot of these guys are so you have to try to project based on their one-on-ones like how well they're able to move people and how they'll fit in our scheme. I felt like he still did a pretty good job in those one-on-ones has really good athleticism as well. And then uh, the last guy was Dylan Parham out of Memphis, six foot three, three eleven. His pass blocking is the biggest thing right now that needs work, but uh, he has the brute strength again to move people in the run game. So, um, and these are all guys you can get day three, right? Or most likely get on day three. So I think like that kind of helps. Coach, do you, what do you think about those guys? Um, Parham is, is more of a mauler. He more would fit what we what we do. He's a guy that can, you know, once he gets things grown man body could to get stalemates and, and move guys. You know, some like the guys we talked about earlier. He just fits what we do. He's a he's a, a strength a brute strength guy that can can push guys out the way and and and, make, and get up to second level. I like his feet. He doesn't look like a a lumberer. Look like he's pretty nimble of feet, and um, you know. I just I really like him over Linderbaum. I think Linderbaum's going to be better than him, but Linderbaum just don't I just can't. If Linderbaum, if we picked him up in the second round, I'd be ecstatic. Because that's how much I really like Linderbaum. I just don't like it at 14 and where he is right now in his NFL body of work, well, his college body of work. Mm-hmm. If he if he wasn't if we didn't get him in the first round, I would love him. And maybe we could work him in and maybe even start him. But at 14, you got to be, I think you got to be an impact guy. And we never really draft this high. So at four, well, we get at 14, I think it has to be a guy that's going to come in and help like right now. Yeah. Yeah. And Parham might actually be a, more of a day two player. You're right, mm-hmm. coach. Um, I think the other two guys are, may are, are, are more of a, a day three, but maybe, maybe fourth round. Yeah, there's a lot of good talent to like you just do the number game, man. You do the number game and you say, all right, what is this pick number and how many players are on our board? And that doesn't include, you know, quarterbacks. It um, it does include wide receiver to an extent, but it's not as high of a need. Um, and, you know, you just look at all the players that you have. And I think, yeah, there's definitely a good chance of, uh, of, of the Ravens being able to get a lot of really high quality would be day two any other draft players in day three. 
Yeah, I was going to say, after Linderbaum, uh, I was having some trouble, I think, finding guys who I just think would be good fits for the Ravens. Um, I'd say a lot of really undersized guys. Guys that are like between 290, 305, um, you know, varying heights or something like that. But just none of them really kind of seemed like what the Ravens are looking for in terms of, yeah, what you were saying, Coach. Guys who, can, who move people or more maulers. Uh, to fit that power scheme. Um, a lot of guys just did not seem to fit that. So it, it seemed like a really weak class, in my opinion. Um, it just, you know, there there might be a guard, someone out there that maybe the Ravens think that they could feel, you know, he could be a backup guard, center, or something like that, um, which is totally fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I was just, that was my overall kind of assessment of just the position group. It's just a lot of, of people that really aren't fit. So I, I think that's an interesting question of, you know, conversation maybe. It's just, um, it seems like the Ravens are one of the few teams that run this sort of, you know, power run scheme out of the entire NFL. It seems like a lot of people are going toward this, you know, sort of zone scheme uh, for their for the running game. Do we know why? <laughs> I, I'm more just interested why. I think it's because of the quarterback. Because the quarterback in the backs. I think initially they didn't have – well, hang on, I'm not going to do that. Initially he wasn't the, the thrower that he needed to be to be successful. And we just happen to have Roman on the staff that, that had success with Kaepernick with doing that type of stuff. And so now the offense just needs to evolve. Now, the thing is, is are they going to go full spread? Or are they going to stay with the, the offense of the past? Because in my dealings with football, you can't serve two masters. You have to kind of hang your head on one or the other. Not saying you can't have elements of both, but you have your staple has to be either 2019 or we evolve into more of a spread thing because that's when you can start putting your personnel in the right spot. But EDC did say, you know, out of his mouth that they're more keen to taking a guard and moving them to center rather than picking drafting centers. Yeah, I think that's uh, one of the things I noticed, too, is even like a lot of those names we talked about as center prospects, half the websites will talk about them as guards. Right. <laughs> so like that's I mean, that's kind of what you get at this point, which always made me wonder. Right. Like we have all these like what we think are good guards, uh, you know, like a, kind of a plethora of them uh, from these various drafts. Could any of them have the skills and traits necessary to move the center? But most people I've talked to that like better understand these things say no, which is kind of interesting. You think that we would have had at least one uh, in all these picks, but I guess not. I, I think one is the Salier, the Georgia kid. I think he may be the only one because he he played every position. He, I think he was about to play center for Georgia too, but it, something else happened and a guy, a guy came back or something when he was younger. And um, but I, I think he can play the entire offensive line. I really love that kid, and I'm probably destroying his name. Well, Alec, you meant on the current roster, right? Like yeah, guys yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. Powers. And, oh, uh, okay, my bad. Um, Cleveland yeah. and yeah, Phillips. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I know Phillips yeah. is like yeah, not not the guy. Um, I was more so no, wondering if Powers could be, but you mentioned sending McCarry to tackle for like a backup. So will we have enough confidence to go with TC since he dropped the other C? Yeah, I mean, confidence is an interesting word. I think like it's not my favorite choice. I think they should draft somebody to compete against him. But I think if he wins the competition, that's fine. That's kind of how I see it. But yeah, I do think McCarry is going to end up being the center um, unless uh, a rookie could beat him out. I got one question. Two years ago, when we were having the snap issues, who was the center? That was Scurrow, right? Okay, just checking. 
I was hoping you didn't say McCarr. Well, no, <laughs> I so couldn't remember. It was both. McCarry, McCarry had some in the playoffs, right? Yeah, it was both. So Skura got hurt, and then McCarry played in the Bills game, and then everyone remembers the Bills yeah. game. But it was Skura who had the the infamous snap, right, where Lamar got hurt. I thought it was McCarry. Maybe it wasn't. Matt Anyways, Hedden. they both they both had snap issues that year. <laughs> they did both have snap issues. That it year. was okay. well that that would have been McCarry in the uh, the Bills game where That's he got the concussion. Yeah, yeah, it was McCarry. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it really tells you as much as you need to know about both players that, you know, we're trying to, <laughs> can't remember which of the two it was, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're kind of relatively interchangeable, and a lot of people like Skur before that. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, they they were happy enough with Skur until the snap issue. Hey, and- Skur was leading Pro Bowl voting for the AFC before he got hurt in 2019, which we all know is the number one, you know, indicator that you're an excellent <laughs> offensive lineman, is if you're leading Pro Bowl voting. <laughs> hey he was very good that year and pouncy may have ended up winning that pro bowl nod anyway which doesn't tell you anything <laughs> all right i think we're going into the the peter special with uh running backs and wide receivers which one do you want to go with peter i think i'll go with wide receivers first because that one actually has some prospects that i'm slightly excited about um running back <laughs> we'll get to that but yeah, so wide receiver is an interesting position for the Ravens because, as we talked about a lot last year, I'm, before we get into the prospects and before I share my opinion, do you guys feel like the Ravens would benefit from an upgrade at the wide receiver position at all through the draft this year? And if so, what type of wide receiver do you think the Ravens should go after? I think we should go for a, a big radius guy because we have three three smaller guys that can do the in and out stuff with Hollywood, DuVernay, and Prochet. Uh, Bateman's kind of a do-all things guy, so I think you really need a guy that can get you a jump ball. That's the trade I'd be looking for as well, is just like that very big-bodied receiver. I don't think we need any more slot guys. I think that's extremely well covered with the current personnel. And uh, I think the question is, if the doomsday scenario happens for the Ravens at 14 and like every player at edge and corner that we really like there is taken and tackle, you know, like just like doomsday scenario, right? Like all the, all the players went off, no wide receivers went off yet. No quarterbacks went off the board yet. It's all been positions that the Ravens are interested in. If they went with the number one wide receiver in this draft, which many people have all over the place for what it's worth, but if they went with a wide receiver there, I wouldn't absolutely hate it. And the reason why is I do think the NFL is going to be turning to, and you'll see it soon. It's already starting to happen, but you'll see it soon. These wide receivers are getting monster contracts. You can get great production out of wide receivers out of college. Just keep drafting them. Never resign them. Just like just like running back, you just keep drafting them. So if you mm-hmm. want to beat the cap, I think you keep drafting wide receivers in the first, second, and third relentlessly, and that's a really good way to beat the cap. And cycle them out. Yep. I don't love it. I like having connection to these players. I like, you know, rooting for this, these guys. And I, it's so cool the Rays are finally drafting wide receivers. But I'm just being honest. I can see exploiting their fi- fifth-year option as a really good way to, like, get value. You have them for five years. They give you maybe four really good ones uh, with, like, the rookie year being all right. And then you just just keep doing it. And As long as you have a QB in place. Yep. You got to have a QB in place will be the option. I yeah, mean, yeah, the key. Yeah. yeah. So you, you lock mm-hmm. up Lamar. You give them, you give them the keys with everything. All right, yeah. So I mean, I agree with everything you guys just said right there. That's exactly what I was thinking when I was looking at these receivers. I was like, you know, 
a couple years ago, we drafted Miles Boykin to be that big, you know, big bodied red zone target. And for whatever reason, just really hasn't materialized for him. Um, be shocked if he's on the team this year. And, you know, there are a couple interesting guys. Um, there's a lot of receivers in this draft, so I didn't get to all of them. Um, I think Alec was hinting at, although he might not have been, if Drake London is available at 14 and everyone else that we've talked about is gone, that would be interesting if the Ravens took him. I know some people are a little scared off by how he might not be able to get a ton of separation at the NFL level, but you know, we've seen receivers like that before succeed in the NFL. Um, Anquan Bolden was never a burner. Ravens fans certainly know him. Michael Thomas currently. Uh, Des Bryant to a degree. I think Drake London's going to be a great receiver in this league. 6'5", 220, great at catching contested balls. That being said, I'd be shocked if he's available at 14. And, you know, I would much rather see the Ravens get one of the tackles we're talking about or one of the pass rushers or cornerbacks we were talking about last episode. But... You know, in a world where we could have everything, I would love to see Drake London on the Ravens. Uh, I'm curious your guys' thoughts on him. Well, I think it's three first-round uh, receivers that people talk about a lot. Uh, London, Burks, and uh, Dodson from Penn State. But I still think the best receiver in the draft is Pickens. So whenever I bring my, my rankings out, if I, if I even get to them, Pickens is going as of as of right now, and I just kind of got into the receiver bag. I was doing um Burks before we got on today. Uh Pickens is still my guy. And and he's that because one, I saw him in person do what he do at an elite camp. Hmm. Two is he did the stuff he did this year, and he's not healthy. So I'm projecting him a healthy George Pickens to be the best receiver in this draft. Uh, one, because, you know, all of his ball catching is, you know, all that stuff that everybody loves and you can see highlights for, but he is a nasty blocker and I love it. I, what he did to Dax Hill or whatever the Hill kid <laughs> name at Michigan. I love that. I loved it. And the, the talking, the only issue with him is maybe he may run his mouth too much and get drunk because he's a talker. He's a loose cannon, but the dog you get from him. I don't know if Harbaugh would put up with or could deal with handling, but he is the best receiver in his draft, and I don't think nobody can talk me out of that. There's nothing that I can do. If I want to be honest on this show, I, I give away a little bit of my dynasty, you know, things. I know I'm in a dynasty league with you guys. I'm also in love with Pickens. <laughs> I love Pickens. I love him. I love him. I love him. So I'll, I'll just be clean. Like, I think that the fact that he's talking about going in the second round and he'll slip out of the first, if if he's there when the Ravens pick again in the second, he is, in my opinion, the exact thing that Dobbins was. You just run the card up. You are like, this is ridiculous that he's still here, and you take him. Like, I really think that he is the quintessential, maybe might be the steal of the draft because of the injury and how he's falling in people's boards. He's good. He's very good. Mm-hmm. And... uh there's some other really good wide receivers in this class. I think there's a few names that Coach left mm-hmm. off that might even go first overall in the wide receiver class. Um, you know, because it's just kind of what color of uh, of wide receiver you're into uh, will kind of dictate mm-hmm. it. But yeah, I think Pickens is is supremely good. Yeah, I, I know there's a, a couple of guys, like that, but the Drake. What when I did Drake uh, last week, I looked at his stats and I saw oh he only played eight games and had 88 catches. So I'm like, man, they 
bombed, you know, threw him a bunch of passes. But with that size, he ran a lot of screens. Mm-hmm. He ran a lot of key screens, a lot of receiver screens. Uh, and, you know, he didn't run a lot of, you know, deep routes, so to speak. So then I started to question, could he run routes? But then I saw a couple of deep balls where he, you know, kind of gave some some pump fakes and some in and outs. And I'm like, oh, okay, he can run routes. They just didn't ask him to do it. But a guy that had 88 catches in only eight games, because I don't even think he played the bowl game. That really stood out to me. That's 11 catches a game. Had 15 and 16 back-to-back. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of production. It's a lot of screens, though, too, Chris. <laughs> yeah. If you go back and look at <laughs> Which like, is something I watched, like four or five games. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and I hear what you guys are saying on, on Pickens, too. And I will admit, like I said, there's so many receivers in this draft, and – you guys might think I'm crazy. He's a name that escaped me, but I'm watching his tape right now, and I can see what you guys see in this guy. Um, he's a playmaker. You know, let's get as many as we can on this team. You know, the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens should feel like they're set at wide receiver at this point because we have, you know, James Prochet, Tylen Wallace, and Devin Duvernay there to back up Bateman and and Hollywood. We all we I know that all of us love those guys. We think they're unique. Um, James Prochet, Alec is the the president, <laughs> CEO, and uh, treasurer of the James Prochet fan club. But I'd like to sign up for that. <laughs> but you're on the board of trustees. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but at this point in their careers, and I'm not saying they can't be because obviously all three of them have potential. Uh, offensive coordinators aren't you know aren't staying up at night figuring out how are they going to neutralize the Ravens from using those guys, but. Pickens is a guy who could come in day one uh, and and be that guy. And if you've got him going up running with Bateman and Hollywood and Mark Andrews, that's going to give the opposing secondaries in the AFC North a lot to handle. I'm really thinking we're at a point where we have to stack that side of the ball because offensive coordinators and the skill positions with receivers and quarterbacks in the AFC – I think gone are the days of us winning games 13 to to 17 or or 17 to, to, to 10. We got to score points. And the only way you can do that is to have guys that can, once they get the ball in their hands, do something with it. Because you're going to have to have yak. You're going to have to have guys that can do something after the catch or, you know, explosive runs. It's, and you just, it's, there's, this league is because of the, the, the fan involvement and it's more, it's so hard to play defense in the NFL right now, especially at cornerback. So with, with that being said, you got to get guys to make cornerbacks pay. And Pickens is a guy that can do that. And not saying he's not the only one, but he's a guy that I think will be available for us in round two. Unless someone else is high on him as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple other guys I like to, they could be third round guys, they could be second round guys, they could be fourth guys. But um, a couple guys who really stood out to me as well, um, who are a little lower down on some boards. Uh, you got Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. Uh, just absolutely dominated that conference. And you turn on the tape, he's also making plays all over the field. And then another guy who's interesting, who is kind of a very Miles Boykin-esque, but much better hands, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, 6'3", 211. Fast. Very fast. Um, big catch radius. Uh, I think he could be what the Ravens thought Boykin could be um, if they go that route. If they miss out on Pickens, I think Tolbert or Pierce would be decent guys to to target as fallbacks if they wanted to. I wouldn't be mad at Thornton later on in the draft. Either. Yeah, him too. Yeah. The kid from, the kid from um, Baylor. Yep. I think he might have had the fastest 42. 
at about six two or yeah. six three. I wouldn't be mad at Thornton late later on in the draft either. There, there's so many good receivers in this draft. I'd be shocked that the Ravens don't get at least one. There's just too much depth to not not take at least a flyer on one of those guys. The the emergence of seven on seven in, in junior high and high school football is making its way to the NFL. Them kids play seven on seven throughout the summer. So they they're throwing and catching and and you know that aspect of the game almost year round. And so now you're starting to see receivers show up as the the premier position behind quarterback, you know, in NFL. Yeah, absolutely. It's just incredible that like again, we're talking about how many good receivers there are. The Ravens were arguing they might have the best wide receiver room right now in franchise history. And they gotta get better because everyone else is stacking up. Right. Right. Yeah, it's serious now, man. Like the best teams in the NFL always have three, you know? I mean, just look at um, the production that Cincinnati had this year. You know, they they weren't afraid. They went and took Chase, which obviously might be a generational talent, but they had Higgins in there, and Higgins is no slouch. He played really well, and they had Boyd, who was just like overliable. You know, he he never was incredibly flashy, but he made he had a lot of production. So that's three right there. You know, and that's they're all different. They all do different some different things. I think. Yeah, three is the new magic number when it comes to wide receivers. And, you know, that's the other thing, too. If we see an investment in draft capital, maybe it's not even the first pick. That'd be really aggressive. And you know that there's something going on in the offensive room because you're not going to leave three first round picks on the uh, on the bench. Right. But I think if you even see them expend capital, on one of these more developmental guys, you know that they're committed to kind of always refreshing this room and keeping it keeping it fresh. So I think gone are the days of, of wide receiver not being a, a pick. It's almost like going to be like corner now or every year they probably take one, no matter what. An interesting guy that I saw on the list was, um, and it's a guy that I was working on before we started, was Burks. I didn't realize how much Arkansas used him, and I'm going to use this as a verb, Debo-like. He was in the backfield. He was the motion guy. He was a jet sweep guy. He was a pitch guy off of inside zone. Then he went out and played regular receiver. So I didn't realize they used him in the capacity they did. He would be a gadget gadget guy to, you know, he'd be a toy that Roman would love to to get his hands on, I'm sure. Burks is interesting. I think uh, he'll follow a similar path to Antonio Gibson, who was a wide receiver in college and converted to running back, uh, or a Cordell Patterson, who knew, who knows what he was, but he, you know, he's, he's kind of a, a tweener now, too. I can definitely agree with you and say that any team that drafts him needs to be looking to use him in that Debo-esque, you know, multifaceted role. The guy is just best with the ball in his hands, not when he doesn't mm-hmm. have it in his hands. That's the biggest thing you'll tell about his game is that he he creates when the ball's in his hand. He, like, runs better with the ball in his hand, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, like, when he doesn't have it in his hand, he doesn't know what to do. So I don't know if he needs to, like, fake it <laughs> in order to run or what. <laughs> glad, glad you say that. He um, watching. I watched the Alabama game before we started, and there were times when he didn't get the ball and he kind of looked, I want to say slow, but didn't look as, as swift. But then there's this one play where he catches a back shoulder and outruns everybody. And I'm thinking to myself, why you don't run your routes like this? <laughs> but it's, it's crazy. Yeah, he, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, I know nothing about the guy and his personality. He just screams like a guy who tries extra hard when he actually has the ball in his hand. And he, he's mm-hmm. unable to do the work to get in positions to get the ball in his hand, which is what makes me worried and concerned about him in the NFL game. That if you don't build your mm-hmm. offense kind of around this guy, right? you know, it might not work out just because of the way he currently plays. 
I can see that. There's a lot of times when he don't get the ball. And I say a lot, but just from watching the Bama game, where his he throws his hands up like, "Hey, you know, you know, I, you know, you know, when you don't get the ball and you think you're open, yeah, hey, I was open, it could be a problem, yeah." But I've only watched one game. I will say with Traylon Burks, if we're talking about him potentially, you know, switching to running back uh, in the NFL, and this is a good segue for the next segment, he would instantly become the number one running back. I'd be interested in, in this draft. <laughs> for the Ravens (laughs) you know yeah and we'll see what the Ravens do at running back they're obviously in an interesting situation I don't think it's quite like the Ronnie Stanley situation we don't have anything to at this moment concrete to tell us that JK and Gus are not set you know to be the players we expect them to be at some point next season I mean Ravens are keeping that tight-lipped obviously for obvious reasons but I think we have to, you know, I think at this point we can assume that they have those two guys at running back. Uh, Gus is under contract for 2023 as well, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't think there's a JK in this draft. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but there, if there's a guy in the top that if he slips to the second round, the Ravens would feel like they would have to take him. Um, I could be wrong about that unless you guys saw a prospect who could fit that mold. Yeah, I can't say that I've seen any running backs there that you have to pick. Yeah, the Ravens are definitely an interesting spot just given the the health of those guys. Um, I think we talked about it last time, but Melvin Gordon was reported to have visited the Ravens this past week. So um, could be signed uh, as a free agent. Just could be a camp body. Could be a guy that we maybe roll with as like a RB3 if he is signed. But um, yeah, they're just they're in this weird position of they might be back for training camp, but they might not. They might be on the pup. So, you know, if if they're gone for the first couple of weeks of the season, you're going to need somebody to play. And unless that, uh, unless it's Tyson Williams, unless it's his season now, um, you know, we 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 don't really have uh, we don't really have any running backs at this point. So there's got to be somebody. Let me ask this question: So, do if you sign Gordon, do you still draft one? Yes. I think. <laughs> or bring someone in undrafted. Yeah, I mean, you you definitely bring somebody in undrafted. I, I'll say my contrarian take is that there's a lot of running backs that are remarkably flawed and uh, just, needless to say, just they're prospects, right? They're definitely just prospects. And I think there's enough of them that they'll be at UDFAs. I don't know if you know have to actually spend a draft pick on any of these guys. I mean, Kyron Williams had like the most horrible combine in the history of combines for a running back he came in as a guy that a lot of people loved for his running ability um and maybe one of the better runners in the league or in in this class and then he had his four six five forty and that's just like not acceptable essentially like <laughs> like that's not gonna fly in the nfl and um he has ball security issues you know that'll do to a, a player on the ravens um he just I would not mind bringing him in as a camp body, or not a camp body, but as a UDFA. But I, I could see him never getting drafted. You know, like him falling off the board. I could see um, a lot of these players you have listed, Peter. Honestly, like it's just like I, I wouldn't be shocked that the first running back doesn't go off the board until round three. Even the best ones, even Hall. Who do you think that is? Yeah, yeah, even Hall. Hmm. I do. I don't think he makes it past the second, but we'll see. Do I you want to make that I, a, Ra- a Ravens recap bet? Absolutely not. No, I just think they shouldn't. <laughs> I, I think they shouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. I just, yeah, but they, they probably go round two. You're right. But like, you know, 
I I think there's what like two running backs of interest, and you have like uh, what's the other guy's name? Um, Walker, maybe. Yeah, Walker. I knew it, and it was a. That's what I was going to ask. What you thought about Walker? That's what I was going to ask. I mean, he's the best running back in the game in the in the draft, in my opinion. The best runner at the uh, position. Bryce Hall brings you that the receiving threat that um, is only a projection for Walker. I really like Pierce though. I really like Damon Pierce. Yeah, um, he he can he's a bigger guy. They can run between the tackles, and he also has enough speed to maybe not burn the edge, but get to the edge. I, I just like his skill set. Yeah, of the four I have listed here, I was really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, Pierce is the one guy who, if the Ravens drafted, I would be mildly excited about. I mean, he looks exciting on tape. You look at his his games, he's got power. His legs are always churning. Um, he looks like a guy who you know, the Ravens could have interest in. Would they have high interest? I don't know. I don't, but I would... I could definitely see him being on their board currently as a guy who, if he falls, I can give you a, um, a personal peer story. Okay. Um, his hometown is about maybe 30 minutes from us. And when I first moved to Florida, our first or second game was against his school. Oh, nice. And so we, we beat him, we beat him at home and he didn't do much, but the next year we went to their place. And so we're up at halftime and he probably has maybe 30 yards rushing at half. He finishes the game with, with 270. <laughs> he only had four carries in the second half. The first carry oh. of the second half, he, he breaks off left. And the only person left is the corner. He takes the corner and pretty much dribbles the kid's head off the ground. <laughs> so I don't know what we do when we get the ball back, but they come back and they run the same play. He takes that same guy's head and dribbles <laughs> it off the, off the ground. And from there on, we couldn't do anything with him the rest of the night. That kid didn't play the rest of the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> he may have never gotten on a football field again after that. <laughs> it, it was it was almost Derrick Henry, Josh Norman is, but instead of going to the left or right, the kid went straight down. It's almost like he choke slammed almost. Violent power back. I was in the box. I was in the box. I was in the box. Like, ooh, good thing I wasn't on the field. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it's. I saw Florida, and I wondered to myself. I wonder if he's local. I wonder if coach has seen him. And then, sure enough, you're like, "Yep." Yeah. yeah, he's from South Georgia, from Bainbridge, Georgia. But that's that's right on the border. So if I, if I left my house right now, I can get there in 20 minutes. It's the first town I hit when I go when I leave leave Florida. Nice. I guess you're saying you're scrubbing the bottle of the barrel, Peter. If with Pierce, you're saying what's that? Round four, round five? What do you think? Well, he's another guy. Again, where people are very confused about where he could be drafted. I've, I've heard people say second round. I've heard people say undrafted. People really don't seem to have a good read, um, or at least there doesn't seem to be a consensus among those that I've seen talk about him on where he's going to get drafted. So I think, you know, if he's available in the fourth round, I, I think that would be great for the Ravens to, you know, just to see what this guy can do at the NFL level. Um, above that, I just think that the Ravens have so many other needs that we've talked about that, um, it would seem like a reach. So you still, you still, I mean, if all else fails, you still can, can put, um, what's our doghouse guy? We just mentioned oh, Tyson. Tyson. Uh, Tyson. Tyson. You can still kind of start off the year with him. And I think the only reason he was in the doghouse was pass pro. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that is a hard trait as well to project on a lot of running backs out of college struggle in pass pro. And mm-hmm. uh, it'd be unfair really to see any of these guys coming out of college and say, Oh, they're gonna be great at pass pro day one and and be that guy. So, you're honestly, I 
I was thinking it all year, you know, maybe the reason they're keeping Tyson is because he might be the best bet of a back in that scenario um, for next year, assuming they can coach up the the, the um, pass pro and, and just other parts of his game. They thought another year of coaching him was a good option. Um, and then I think the Ravens are starting to see it similar. I would not be surprised at all if they don't draft any running backs unless one is particularly high on their board that just falls. Um, and then they just grab one, you know, similar to Tyson and just see what they can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone forgets Gus Edwards was an undrafted free agent. I mean, True. Uh, other than finding the the star with Dobbins, maybe you don't spend capital in that position anymore. And you just bring in new bodies every year, fill in RB three until one sticks. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Cycle them out. <laughs> That's the new yeah. wave because cap is cap. Yeah, I I hate I hate it, man. I really hate using these players as chess pieces. I hate like talking about that way. But I think at the end of the day, when you're talking about roster construction, you kind of have to, you know, <laughs> like it just is what it is. Like they just play a more devalued position, and you're able to find that kind of production, you know, for cheaper quote unquote capital in real dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really hard to justify um some of these checks that running backs can get in certain contracts and whatnot just look at just look at the cowboys yep. cowboys pay zeke all that money and, and he's not even the best running back on the team <laughs> nope he isn't it, it's pretty sad but it's true like it's a young man's it's a young man's position mm-hmm. four years yep average nfl running back four years and just look at and if correct me if i'm wrong uh my guy that i loved Todd Gurley. Yeah. I've never seen a cliff happen so fast to a guy. Yeah. Like he was he was the class of the NFL at running back and then he was gone. He's had the craziest career. Well, I think what his big thing though was that even coming into the NFL, teams knew that he had the bad knees, right? He had arthritis mm-hmm. in his knees. So they knew like at some point like it may not hit him right away, but at some point it's gonna be too much. And he did everything at Georgia. Return kicks, all the carries. He he was. I'm not a Georgia fan, but I made it my point to go find Georgia games where Tar Gurley was playing. Yeah, definitely incredible. I mean, I mean, I think I remember seeing um, just some of the numbers comparing, like comparing his peak to someone like Derrick Henry, who I mean, like Derrick Henry also like extremely good player, not as dynamic as Gurley is at least in the passing game, um, because a very different style of runner, but. I mean, you look at their peaks and like Gurley just like, yeah, almost just as many yards, uh, but just like a total different level in terms of touchdowns, just way more impactful in the game. And I think, you know, Henry's one of those guys now that people look at. It's just like, yeah, he's the he's the top guy. He's he's the he's the gold standard of running back. So but yeah, he's uh definitely a great player. Well, was a great player. Now uh <laughs> now yeah, we'll see. Uh, uh, one question for you. Um, offensively for the Ravens, what position, if any, do you think they'll double up in draft-wise? Not, not UDFA. Do you, are you, do you think there's any offensive position that they'll you know, kind of go all in, so to speak, or double up? If they do any, and even this, I, I so I'll say my answer is I don't think they do. I think it's going to be a defensive-heavy draft for them. If they did, I think it would be tackle. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Or just O line in general. Yeah, I mean, yeah, O line's yeah. a bit of a cheat, right? Like you could see him drafting right. two like 
guards, but one of them is a center, you know, <laughs> or like. But Coach like didn't that. say don't give the easy answer. He just said give give your opinion. <laughs> yeah. So like, no, I agree. But I think I think actually the the most interesting spot for that would be potentially tight end, but I highly doubt it. Mm. I highly doubt it. I think the so there's like you know what which casting of the of the NFL draft are you doing on the Ravens? If you're doing the they trade back and they accrue more picks somehow, or they trade back into the draft by using next year's draft, or if they do some kind of shenanigans to get more draft picks than they currently have, I can definitely see something like that. If they go into the route of actually coming in with less draft picks and heavily relying on UDFAs to develop the rest of the roster, I don't see think you see any of it. I think I think you'll you'll get onesies at every position essentially, at least on offense. But we'll see. I'm I'm yeah. super curious how they handle this draft. I am remarkably curious because I think this is the one year with where we are at 14 that trading up in the first round might actually be a thing. And then uh, equally, right? Like there's so many ways that the the cookie could crumble. Equally, they could trade back in the first. Yeah. Both are, I think, incredibly valid. And I think because that's the highest capital pick, that's the one that's most interesting. Uh, I could definitely see round two them trading back. I would I would almost bet money on it. Unless there's a guy like Pickens or uh, some run-up-to-the-table guy there, I could highly see them trading that back. Because that's another place they could get, like, you know, a third or a fourth or, you know, some, some collection of picks that they'll be giddy about. But it all comes out of how the draft falls, man. I think that's I think that's how they're seeing it, too. You could it could go really any way. This is this is one of the most even drafts I've seen in a long time. Because you can get so many good players late. There there's possible there's the potential to flip a team from maybe the bottom of the NFL to mid to a top level team if they get the right maybe free agent because there's so many guys that you can get round two, three, and four, especially on the defensive side. Yeah, I think for me, um, the quarterback position group of just going through all the names last week, um, I felt like that one in particular is just that that uh, draft class at corner. I think is extremely extremely deep. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. In terms of doubling up, um, I think I, corner I think has to be doubled up this year. I think it's just a numbers game. I think I think it definitely has to be. I do think that they'll they'll find somebody to bring in as a free agent. Um, probably gonna wait until after the draft until that happens, but. I would be shocked if the Ravens didn't double up a corner. But I suppose we still actually have to hear. Um, we uh, haven't heard from Jimmy Smith or uh, Penelope McPhee as far as uh, their availability for for next year. I, Harbaugh said something about like they'll tell they'll tell you what is going on. I don't know if that means that they're definitely retiring or if they're still undecided. But uh, Jimmy could be a guy who. Maybe the Ravens bring back again. We'll see, but I think uh, I think they might want to have somebody else in mind uh, just to be sure. What number contract would that be for Jimmy if he came back? One, two, three. <laughs> fourth, fifth, 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 fifth contract. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think. I don't think it's happening. I think he's done. I, I think Jimmy would be that in case of glass guy. Like if some, you know, we got whoever we got to start the season with and maybe somebody or some people went down. Hey, Jimmy, what you doing? Come, come finish the season. With. You watching yeah. TV? <laughs> come on. Yeah. I mean, he, he could totally be a Weddle situation, right? Yes. I, yeah, I, 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 I foresee him being a guy who's, you know, not 
you know, drinking smoothies every, or you know uh milkshakes every night like <laughs> he's not total dad botting it he's probably keeping in some in some shape but uh yeah he I, I i do anticipate he'll be uh the break glass in case of an emergency guy if anything and then maybe announce his retirement a year later if it doesn't actually happen that's yeah. that's my guess about him because he kind of alluded to that in his lounge episode he's like you know like if they give me a call like all right like i think i could i probably come back but if they don't like it might be it but it's i think it's in the costa's hands and the costa's not going to sign him unless it's a, a desperate need mm-hmm. and he wouldn't get signed until late in the camp in my opinion if if it's at the absolute earliest because they want to give all as many reps as possible to the guys who need it for mm-hmm. sure and the longer you keep him out the uh, less likely he gets injured yep yep <laughs> no i mean literally like every rep <laughs> on his body counts at this point so Definite pitch count. Hey, we didn't talk about the quarterback position. Who that? I just want to throw it in there. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you need a third guy. Yeah, I don't know who the third guy is. It's a valid question. You need a third guy. Sam Cook. <laughs> <laughs> he broke his streak, man. He he's no longer perfect. Yeah. So, or or we signed Woods. Like I said, he's got QB experience. You know? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's I, I fair. Mean, I mean, it's a, it's a good. I mean, it's a good question. Hey, you know, another team could, you know, still want to trade a second round pick or you know whatever for uh, for Snoop could still happen. You know, they might come in, but but no. I mean, seriously though, I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think for the Ravens to take a flyer on a uh, on a third QB. I mean, Sorley no longer here. Um, mm-hmm. Johnson's no longer here. Um, mm-hmm. Where's uh, was Kenji Bihar? Was he picked up? He was picked up by somebody, right? He was like our practice squad. I don't remember, but I do remember Johnson being picked up recently by the Browns, maybe? Broncos, I think. I think we were talking about that. Yeah, he went to the Broncos. Him and Broncos, who, who else okay. went to the Broncos? We are joking they would be roommates. Tomlinson. Tomlinson, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Josh Johnson, Tomlinson. Eric Tomlinson are, are roommates right now. I was going to bring him up with the tight ends and say that, you know, that's the re- he's the reason why the Ravens can just pick up a blocking tight end, but then I realized he's picked up, so it may be a little bit harder. <laughs> Anyway, but Bahar was actually he was he was selected in the uh, USFL draft. Oh, no, that's what it was. Yeah, because he, he wasn't redraft. He wasn't resigned. I saw. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. You know, I feel bad we didn't do the research for quarterback here, but yeah, the Ravens made me in the market for a a third quarterback. So I guess uh, you know wouldn't be too shocked if they want to spend a day three pick or if there was a guy that they liked. But yeah, we didn't really talk about it though. But this year's quarterback class is also one that's not I don't know if it's very deep, but it's not it's definitely not top heavy for sure. Right. I agree with you. The Pickett and, and Willis are, you know, they're the top guys in my opinion, but I think they're still stretches. Yeah, the the nature of the NFL is gonna make those two guys extremely interesting as far as draft capital expenditure and expectations set on them. In most drafts that have a marquee quarterback, they'd be, uh, you know, uh, what was the guy at Houston? Davis Mills. Mills. Yeah, they're kind of like Mills-level quarterbacks. They can come in and play. They're not going to probably mm-hmm. be your re- franchise guy, but he was drafted in the third round and wasn't expected to be anything. You know, one of these guys, maybe both of those guys, are going to be drafted to expect to be something. And they might. And, you know, there's a couple other guys in the draft that are like maybes. But yeah. that's all they should be. <laughs> like, they're, they're just not prospects that scream success. I mean, if any of those guys become all pros, it's probably Willis. And if it, and if he does, 
you know, that was like the the highest end prospect for him. I don't think if, if anybody other than him becomes even a pro bowler, I think uh, it just shows you how incredibly hard it is to project quarterbacks into the NFL because <laughs> they they don't look it at all. I got I got a I got two things for you for the quarterback, and I'm gonna and be quiet about it. Um, one, I hope both of those guys go before fourteen. Absolutely, they're the greatest push quarterbacks. A good player back to us. <laughs> and then, as far as a a guy that maybe we can pick up as a UDA, UDFA to fit what we do, the quarterback from Miami. I, uh, and I'm a Miami fan. I can't remember his name, but he could fit that mold. And like you know, the guy, the offense wouldn't have changed for his skill set. Uh, Derek King, that's his name. Nice. It would be, you know, he would fit the style that we have back there right now. And um, unless you just want to find a thrower, but there's not many throws out there, but he'd be a good guy to a UDFA. I don't think you, you draft him though. Right. Yeah. I, I just can't foresee them spending a draft pick on this third quarterback. Even if they like a guy, they're just hope that he's available to bring in. But yeah, I see King down there. Seems like an interesting prospect. He he he's so low on the board. I can't imagine him getting drafted. But I guess like at the same time, mm-hmm. you never know. Because the end of the board is yeah. he coming off his injury too though. Oh okay, mm. that's okay. probably that's part of the reason why. Well, I mean, doesn't matter for you. Third string quarterback. Let him heal up. Let him develop. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you never need him. <laughs> Camp arm. Yep. Scout team guy. Yep. Perfect. Well, coach, thanks so much for coming on and, and talking about all these prospects with us and uh, kind of your philosophy on how we might draft and, and where we might take guys. No problem. I appreciate it. I love talking about time flies when you're doing it. Yeah, man. No, this is a lot of fun. And um, just a reminder, like you can find his work online at YouTube, Sip to Tally Films, Sip, two as in the Arabic numeral, and then Tally. A very good channel. Lots of cut-ups of... Uh, a lot of the players we talked about today and a couple that we couldn't get to. Uh, and, and same thing with the defensive side of the ball. Just a lot of good uh, content on there. One of my go-to guys for watching film. I think you do it the right way, Coach. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, thanks Absolutely. for coming on. Definitely. That wraps it up for Ravens Recap. Follow us online, Ravens underscore Recap on Twitter. Feedback at RavensRecap.com for our email. We'll probably do one more draft episode. Uh, we're going to figure it out after the show ends. Probably maybe doing a mock draft just to break our tradition and like talk about you know how we would do a draft. But we'll see. Uh, if not, we'll see you after the draft and talk about these prospects. Go Ravens. <laughs>